Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, guys? Today's episode is with Frank J. Piccaro. Piccaro. It is the best episode, I think. It's hard to say. It's kind of like judging little babies of mine. I love them all. But this one particularly left a long-lasting, deep impact on me and put me in a mindset of inspiration myself. Many of them do, of course, but this one particularly stuck with me. Really grateful for it. I am so excited to put this out, and I'm curious about your insight and what you gain from this episode particularly, and I'd love to hear your thoughts More than that, I have a feeling Frank J is going to be someone that you're going to want to follow. So check out all of his links on the show notes for this and follow him on Facebook and Instagram and all the different places because he does a lot of beautiful videos and posts and inspiring content that really makes you think and that's portrayed in this episode so much. So who's Frank J? While working in a retirement home at age 18, Frank J. witnessed people on their deathbed regretting their life. This experience opened his eyes to the consequences of the consistent, unconscious decisions that most people make throughout their life. Frank J. saw firsthand that the decisions people made that seemed fine in the moment often led to paying a big price later on. He understood clearly that there had to be something more to life than just striving for money, paying the bills, taking care of general responsibilities, and accumulating stuff. In his feeling, he knew there was a deeper meaning to it all. This is where his quest began. He followed that inclination, and eight years later, after overcoming many internal and external obstacles and quickly developing mastery and highly specialized training in the field of self-development, he's become the co-founder of an advanced communication retreat company called International Tribe Design. He is also an international speaker and coach. People from all over the world that are ready to make a personal transformation seek him out and he powerfully facilitates that transformation with them. Frank J. has positively impacted tens of thousands of lives through his live events in currently five countries and three continents. Frank J. deliberately works exclusively with clients that are looking to develop a life that is an exact replica of their character. Frank J.'s clients are those who want to go all the way and be connected to themselves and to their purpose and to their tribe. They are someone that is ready to grow and recognize that living in service, they give what they've become. He is actively traveling the world and living his adventure while speaking to audiences of all ages, facilitating retreats in exotic locations, and meeting his 12-month mastery clients in person globally. So today we talk about transformation, we talk about death, we talk about growth, we talk about being like water. So many beautiful nuggets that I have a feeling you're just going to want to have a journal nearby. So I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. Before we head over, here is the review of the week. And this comes from Kate in Wonderland. And she says, someone needs to give this girl an award with five stars. I found this podcast about a year ago and I'm so glad I did. Maddie has such an energy 
engaging way about her and her passion for her work shines through in everything she does. Her topics are interesting. Her guests are wonderful. And I always look forward to what she will say next. You are amazing, Maddie. And thank you a million times over for all you've done up until this point. And also, thank you for having the wisdom to recognize that you are evolving and for having the courage to take us along the ride. Keep sharing your musings with us, Maddie. You are truly making a difference in the world. Thank you, KN Wonderland. You are wonderful. I appreciate everything that you said in this post. It means so much to me. And I consider it an honor to be able to share my evolution and be able to admit sometimes that I change my mind on things or grow as we all do. So thank you for that sweet and kind review you left for my show. Okay, last two announcements. I am soon to be going to Europe and I am super excited about that. I will be traveling to Germany, Amsterdam, Paris, London, hitting a few cities in between in each country. So if you're any if you're in any of those areas and you would like to grab a coffee or show me something cool, please reach out because that would be awesome. I don't know when I'll be in Europe next and I'd love to meet you. Also, I am accepting applications for new clients for 2017. I want to add about three new clients to my uh, client listing. So if you are interested in having incredible, massive growth in your life, but you feel committed to it and ready for it, and you're ready to open and have someone in your life that you share pretty much everything with, then you can apply for my one-on-one coaching at maddiemoon.com slash coaching. The link to that is also on the show notes for Frank J's episode. I would love to listen to you and hear what you have to say about where you are in your life, what you're looking for, and to see if we'd be a good fit. So I'm accepting three new clients and the minimum for working together is six months. And for some people, I am accepting 12 monthers. So if you want to do a year with me of being by each other's side and working on the many different aspects of your life that you want to improve, you can apply on my website. Also, I am getting ready for my next retreat, the next retreat that I have in Boulder, Colorado. If you would like to be there, if you would like to be at my next retreat here in Colorado, go to my website, or you can also look on the show notes, of course, for this episode, and apply within for the next retreat. I don't have the dates up right now as of recording this intro. At least I don't have the dates up. It could be on the show notes. I don't know. Check it out. But the next retreat will be probably in several months. So if you feel like you will be ready to come to Boulder, Colorado, and you want to spend a weekend with me and seven other people, because they only invite eight women at a time for these retreats. If you would like to come and have a life-changing weekend with me um, in an intimate, close atmosphere with other soul sisters that you'll meet from all across the states, maybe even outside of the United States, then apply. You can go apply for that at maddiemoon.com coaching. If you scroll down, you'll see apply for the forever free retreat. So if you want to be one of those eight women, I would love to read your application and see if you would be a good fit. So that's all the announcements for today. For the retreat dates, though, keep your eyes peeled because I will be announcing the exact dates. At least get your application in, though, so I know you're one of the first few people that would like to be notified of those dates. Awesome blossom. Well, let's head on over to the show. I know you're going to enjoy it. 
You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 135 of the podcast. I am here with Frank J, who I feel like I have known for a long time, but I haven't. This is our first time talking, but I've been absorbing and marinating on all of his incredible work, his incredible words, and all of the energy he puts out into the online space every single day. So if you're looking for a really strong uh, masculine energy to have in your life whenever you hop on Facebook, I definitely recommend checking out this guy after you hear this interview today. I'm sure you will be a huge fan, but I am beyond delighted to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Frank J for coming on. Thank you, Maddie. I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious to see how this is going to unfold. <laughs> it's going to unfold in magical ways. Mm. That's how. Let it be so. So the very first thing we always do on this show, as probably with most podcasts, is to talk about the um, background and the story of the guest. So can you give us some insight? I know you have a really awesome, rich past. So please give us some insight into how you got to where you are today. Mm. What I like most about what you said was rich past. And, I, and I'm imagining you're... you're insinuating that like the past was like rich in 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 experiences that mm. that created the future right and to created that sculpted me to who I am today and so we will consider that rich um which I agree but in the past it, it didn't feel rich at all <laughs> um I grew up my my father left when I was a baby so I grew up with my mother and my two older sisters so I was the youngest in a house of three women and um and these women um, very beautiful, good hearts, but they also, I think, got really hurt by men most of their lives and and um, had their own challenges. And so for me, as a young man, it was different. Like, being at home was incredibly challenging. My mom had to work two to three jobs to take care of three kids, and she would come home. And apparently, before I was born, my father... Uh, was incredibly abusive to her mentally, emotionally, um, physically, and I'm not quite sure exactly the, the depth of what happened, but I can see from from our relationship how how she was carrying around trauma and still is today, I imagine. And uh, she would come home after working two or three jobs and be so stressed. And um, you know, the people that we love the most, I, I noticed that we tend to take out 
that frustration or fear or guilt and we project it on the ones that we love the most, not because um, we want to, it's because it's, it's hard to hold that in. We don't, most people don't have a manual on how to handle their stress, how to release themselves, how to speak authentically. And it's very difficult for most people to have a healthful relationship with themselves and with others. And so my mom and I and, and my sisters would be, it would be very domestically violent and very destructive emotionally, mentally. There was a lot of projection onto one another, uh, or projecting our own fears and and um, and insecurities and and so growing up, I never wanted to be home. And I would get a, I would hang out with my friends like the real masculine alpha males, and go out and get trouble, and go get in trouble. And I was the bad kid. I got into drugs and fighting. Almost failed out of school. Uh, one thing that really kept me kind of on the path, on like a straight path, was playing sports. Um, but as I got older and older, I I was like drifting further and further. And at 18 years old, most of my friends moved away to college and I stayed home. And I hit like a really interesting, um, I would I would call it a rock bottom. I mean, that's a typical term that people use when they like kind of totally lost and totally like just at the bottom of, of their um, self-confidence and everything else. So at Everyone moved away to college and I was home and I was spending a lot of time alone and my mind was racing with thoughts and I would have these like um, what I would call it now is panic attacks. I'm not sure if anyone listening ever had a panic attack, but it's scary. Like I felt like I was going to die. I thought I had all these diseases. Like I was obsessively thinking. And, and I felt lonely. I felt scared. I was thinking about the past of the things that I've done. And I was guilty and I felt shameful. And all of this kind of darkness within me was surfacing, was surfacing. And the interesting part was that it was so scary because it was surfacing because I was aware of it. I, for, I don't know what happened, but I started to become aware of what I was actually doing at around 18 years old, right after high school. And um, because sometimes we can get lost into an identity, right? We can go and um, do all of these things and, and take on this personality and we actually believe that we're the personality and that is what it is you know i mean it's not it's it, it's in hindsight not the healthiest thing and it's not the truest thing but in the moment we actually believe it so it doesn't give us pain the pain comes or the darkness surface when we start to become aware holy crap i'm not this uh personality i've been having this facade this whole time and so i started becoming aware of all the darkness all the things that i've been doing i'm calling it darkness as if these are my shadows these are things i've been doing unconsciously um and at that same time i got a job in a nursing home and so at 18 years old i mean being like the popular kid like thinking i'm invincible and life doesn't matter and i had this really big ego to working in a nursing home full time as a rehabilitation aide. So I would have to go into the rooms of the patients and like to have a conversation with them and persuade them to come down to therapy because most of them didn't want to come down to therapy because they, they were basically on their deathbed. And they're like, I don't want to go. I want to die. Like literally, there's literally people saying they wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And so to see that contrast, I would, I totally turned my whole perspective around. And meantime, in the same time, I was feeling like I was suffering inside um, from this anxiety and this 
these depressive feelings. And I would ask these patients on their deathbed, I would ask them, what would you do if you were young again? Like, what would you do if you were my age? I was seeking for answers. I was so confused and so lost. I had nobody to really turn to. I had no positive role models. I had nobody in my life. And um, they would say, I would travel the world. I would have more fun. I would um, have a romantic relationship. I would not have a romantic relationship. <laughs> I would, um, and ones that really hit me the most is that I would forgive the ones that I actually care about. And I don't, now I don't have that chance. And they're like on their deathbed and the people that they cared about already died. So I saw again and again people on their deathbed regretting their lives. And never, and I even saw people on their deathbed that still haven't like figured it out. You know, they like, they, they never found a higher purpose or they were just finding a higher purpose. And so it was so, mind-boggling to me because i'm like okay there's these people literally in weeks of their death suffering and um and they haven't figured it out they haven't got the message and and so i remember sitting at um at lunch with my co-workers and i'm i was like the youngest one there i mean the i was 18 and the, like the next one up was maybe in their 40s or 50s and everyone's complaining about life you know complaining about how miserable the economy is and this and that and I was just like, I, so much negativity I was surrounded around. I remember thinking to myself that if I don't take personal responsibility for my life, then nothing's going to change. And I sort of like flashed to the future real quick. And I saw myself basically feeling the same way I felt in 10 years. And, and I, it scared me. And I was like, I can't do that. There's no way that I can bear that thought. Like I would rather fight and seek answers than and take responsibility than than end up miserable because that that that's where the path was going, and so a lot of things happened after that. I I basically found a place inside of myself where I was relentless. I felt like I was going to die if I didn't change, and so I was relentless in seeking, and a lot of a lot of things unfolded, but. One of the main things that did unfold was that I started to seek answers. I went to psychology, psychiatry. I went to acupuncture, acupressure because I hurt my body at the time. I was going to everything I, I knew, right? And, um, and my mind was getting more and more intense. And I, at one point, I, I pulled away from my mind in, in like kind of metaphorically and just saw my thoughts, in, in a way that I didn't believe my thoughts. So I would have these images and these thoughts and, and I remember like something inside of me was, was feeling like I don't, I don't actually believe what I'm thinking. And then a little kind of like light bulb went off and was like, wait a second. If I don't believe what I'm thinking, then what are my thoughts and what is, and who am I? Because up until that point, I actually believed that I was my thoughts. I actually believed that I was the personality. And, it, and at that time, I realized that, wait a second, if I'm having these thoughts and I actually really don't believe it, then I'm not these thoughts. And boom, that kind of leveled me up, if you, if you will. And around that same time, I, I um, was in a bookstore and I picked up The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, I could, if, I'm not sure if you heard of it. I imagine you have. And uh, it's about the present moment and the power of the present moment and the first chapter was you are not your mind and it was basically describing this this aspect that, that these thoughts are not who we really are 
and it gave me chills. And from there, I started my journey. I, I started my journey on personal development little by little. Um, people came into my life and would like little angels and would share information and provide me an experience. And I, and I started to climb. I started to climb. And I did it so relentlessly that I was getting results really quickly. And people were noticing all around me. And, um, and then I started to kind of be a positive influence to everyone around me because no one else was really positive. So I was like, I was like the odd one out, but I lost a lot of relationships. Like I had to move away from these negative relationships, um, for me to unfold on this path. And so I let things go and I kept letting things go and letting new, new things in. And, um, little by little I grew and then time, time, um, unfolded, meaning that I started traveling the world, teaching youth for the last um, three years, like the beginning of my career, I would go around and speak to, to youth in high schools and organizations. And then I started facilitating retreats and coaching one-on-one and writing. And, and now I'm up to this moment. So that's kind of the linear timeline in a nutshell. And that is why I call that a rich past because it's not rich and full of, you know, everything is good and joy and colors, mm-hmm. but it's that you've gone and overcome so much and you've turned mm-hmm. a struggle into a strength and it is now a lot of the foundation of your business. Your experiences, yeah. your past, is, it, it is a lot of who you are now. And I have... Yeah. A few notes here of things that I wanted to touch on first, though. I want to ask you, I love what you're talking about with um, not getting intertwined in your current identity. You had said Mm. that, and and at the time, your identity was, or the identity you had built for yourself was one of anxiety and panic attacks and darkness. Mm -hmm. How do you, though, not let the same thing happen when things are good and well and your identity obviously has changed now and you're on fire with life and you're happy and you make it, you're happy. I mean, as much as you can be happy, of course things happen, but you have a, you're in a better place now. How Mm -hmm. do you not let this version of you still become your full on identity? Mm, Great question. Great question. And it's so cool because I think this morning I, I, uh, I loved, my, I loved myself enough to sleep in. And while I was sleeping in, I was in like a half wake state, half dream state. And this kind of, this information was coming to me about be like water. I mean, we hear from ancient martial artists and the Tao Te Ching and some of the masters of, of these uh, philosophies of, of the earth talk about water and how it's always changing. So there's a time to be exhausted, there's a time to push, there's a time to pull. It's talking about the ebb and the flow of life. And so when people, like for example, in the beginning, I was really attached to pull, I mean to push, because I had a fight sort of for my freedom, if you will. I had a fight to get out of that old paradigm. So I was a real personal development guy. You know, I was really going at it. I was doing the work. I was disciplined. And then there came a time where only push can only take me so far. I was hitting a wall. And then I had to realize that the next step for me was a pull. And therefore, I started to release and practice receiving, practice letting things happen, practice faith and practice trust. And as I did that, then I started to level up again in my development and my life was unfolding more and more. I was what people would put in terms I was succeeding more and more. Okay, Um, 
And now I'm coming to an understanding that to be like water, it, as soon as we try to ta hold the water, we try to grasp the water in our hands, it seeps through our fingers. And so, and so for me, I'm at a, I'm understanding, I'm, I'm definitely still a baby in the knowledge, but I'm understanding that if I attach to any identity and I try to hold on to it, instantaneously that goes to a mental that goes to a mental place. So one would call that an ego place. And in that ego, that creates fear. That very fear uh, will, I imagine, will hi have a higher potentiality of me losing or me f messing up or failing or something. And so, okay, I'm going to bring it back down. So in this metaphor, um, say, for example, someone buys like a brand new phone, okay? And they're really excited about the phone. Has this ever happened to you in some way? And like they're really excited about the phone. They feel so good about the phone. And, and then all of a sudden, like the phone goes up to like the mind and, and you kind of feel like scared that like, the phone's going to break because you just love the phone so much. Like you might lose it because you love it so much. And then and someone drops it and breaks the phone. And like, oh, man, it's like the worst thing that could have happened happened because because they were so obsessive about it. I've seen that pattern many times. And I'm, what I'm so basically what I'm saying is, is that um, is that. What happened was I realized that I wasn't the ident identity of my past. I came to a place inside of myself that I was like, okay, I must create the identity. So I felt in the beginning that there was a, there was a pooling inside of my soul. I'm going to call it a soul. There was an awareness that I had a great purpose. And it was a little inkling. And I felt this inkling um, was going to unfold to, in a very beautiful and powerful way. However, I didn't have any role models. I didn't know what that would look like. And so then I started to get more exposed to people that were doing really well, and I would really, really listen and watch. I, I sort of sculpted my life by listening and watching. I would watch people and listen to them, and I would model and sort of take on little things that resonated with me and sort of consciously pull these habits and traits and, and energy patterns to me and to sculpt the identity that I thought was going to be most uh, suited for this inkling to unfold itself to its highest possibility. So I'm aware that I have created myself. I've created this identity that I am now as Frank J. However, I'm also a little bit pulled out and realizing that I'm not Frank J. You know, I'm not this identity at all. And as soon as I try to hold on to this, I'm on, it, it, then then I, I miss the whole point. You know, the whole point is to be like, be like water, to ebb and to flow with life and to to realize that I'm um, I'm a vessel. Now, this is my belief system, but I believe I'm a vessel, and um, I'm a vessel for this energy to come forth and express and to offer creativity to other people's lives and to the world. And um, I'm excited that I can go on this journey. And so I'm I'm humbled by that because it's not me fully. <laughs> now, this is my belief. You asked you asked me what I believe. This is what I believe. It's not me fully. Yeah. Uh, I believe that I'm I believe that I'm a messenger. And so I'm, I'm doing the work because I'm in service to the people. I'm in service to others. And, um, and I'm growing and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Um, so back to the, back to the message, I, 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 I do my best to act from a heart space. So if I'm doing really well and the identity is giving me pleasure, then I, I'm, I, instead of getting excited and, and proud, I bring it to the heart and, and I bring it and I say, I'm really grateful. This is amazing. I'm, I stay in a place of wonder and curiosity and actually like, wow, I'm like surprised. I surprised myself. But it's coming from a heart place. And so in a nutshell,
nutshell, the way not to get lost in the identity is to realize that you're not the identity ever. That everything is in a process of transformation. We're continuously transforming. So who I am today may be different tomorrow and a year from now. And I, I will see, watch myself expand in, for the next 10 years, 20 years, as long as my human live. Um, and I'm, and I know that. And sometimes I may get caught up in that identity and there might be a lesson for me to learn, but then I would always have to pull back. And so life to me is a mastery of subtleties, of subtle pushes and subtle pulls, of ebb and flow. And and I think the mastery is dancing between the two, is finding the middle route, being able to be between the ebb and the flow and to be able to blend and to come back and to come back uh, forward and pull back. And so I feel like that's, that's the highest path here for me, and that's my answer. Thanks, Maddie, for, answering, <laughs> for asking that question. You just explained that so eloquently. I had never even thought really about the push and pull and the water aspect, but that describes it so, so well. And it kind of, first of all, have you read The Untethered Soul? Because you remind me a lot of that book. No, I have not. Oh, my goodness. I okay. heard of it, though. You might want to read it because it's 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 – talking about a lot that you're saying right now um if not becoming this identity um but i've been getting really into huh i was gonna say i I was gonna say it is important though to have an identity because the mind can't function without it you see so we have we have to sort of trick the mind to be safe because the ego the, the the subconscious mind it's it's a machine and so if it doesn't have foundational systems, if it doesn't have a system on how to operate, then it'll be discorded. It'll be mm-hmm. fragmented. Yeah. And so it is important for our heart and our soul to kind of trick the mind to believe it has this identity. But knowing behind that, that at any moment you're, you're willing to get on the plane and go, so to speak. So you're willing to change. You're willing to change and give it a new blueprint, a new program. Um, but that that's what I feel is important as well. And um, and the water idea came this morning because I slept in and I was like, well, there's a there's a time for me to wake up at four or five, six a.m. and there's a time for me to sleep in. Yeah. And it'd be like water, you know. I want to relax and then I want to get up and dominate. And so I want to be both, not just one. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying a bit of astrology. I got this massive book uh, called "The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need." And I've been reading a lot about just the elements and water as the uh, emotional intuitive. And I'm mostly fire, which is the active and energetic. So I I find it very helpful to understand more about these elements and like what they can provide for you. And knowing, Mm -hmm. especially with the fire, me being like, go, 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 active, move. And uh, Mm -hmm. I, I need more water in my life as well, because every time that I have included more of this, flow and go along with what doors are opening for me instead of fighting, trying to push open this locked door. It always leads me to really wonderful, magical places. And I resonate with that a lot. The, the vessel being a vessel because on my, on my mirror, I have a sticky note that says, uh, let me be a vessel for your work today. And Mm. that's my belief system. I love it. Yeah. Let me be a vessel for your work. And Mm. I don't know about you, Frank J, but I can get very much, I can get very, I mean, obviously you've, you've eloquently described how you don't become too intertwined with your identity. You have one, but you don't become intertwined with it and you can flow. But for me, 
I realized that with this work that I do, I have to be very careful that I don't become my business. I'm here for my business and Mm. I'm not my business. So me getting on this podcast, me coaching a client later today, me writing a blog post, I'm not earning my value through those acts and those works. I am worthy and valuable as I am now. That's just the work that I'm doing in the world presently at this moment, but that's not my identity. And that's been kind of hard for me to separate the two with the business because it's good to have this purpose and passion. Yes, it's awesome. And it, it's, it's what gets me up in the morning is this right here, this purpose. But I also have to know that the mornings that I wake up and I don't feel inspired to do a podcast or write a blog post or coach, I still have purpose. I still mm. have purpose even when I don't have this stuff to create and do and mm. make moves, right? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, there's a subtlety there. There's definitely a subtlety there. And um, yeah, I like that because the purpose isn't – I think a lot of people get confused with purpose because they um, – I, I know I have in the past think it's it's an endeavor. Like, oh, this is my purpose. But I think it's more – I think more accurately in a higher – focus of a, what a purpose is, is living life purposefully mm-hmm. in everything that we do. And so I think, um, I think what you're saying is that, hey, like no matter what happens, I am the purpose. Right, right. And I like what you said, doing things purposefully, because I might wake up tomorrow morning and have no Natty Moon LLC work to do. But mm-hmm. I can still do work on Maddie Moon, and that could oh, yeah. that could mean making a good breakfast and then going to the gym and then reading for five hours. Like, yeah. as long as I'm doing it purposefully, and I have and some- that might that might actually be more effective for your LLC. That might be more effective for the growth <laughs> right. of your business too. That's what I'm learning. I'm like because it's so fascinating. I was so disciplined, did every and, and um, did everything. I woke up, did my morning ritual, did this, did that, and I had it organized, and I got very little results. Like actual real hard results, I didn't get any. Not very little, very little. As soon as I started to become more flow and start taking care of myself and more pulling back and taking just constructive action, like maybe 10, 20% action and 80% staying in balance and raising my energy and consolidating my energy, then the more opportunities were like seeking me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to ask you another question about more on the death side of things because I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. Um, so I think there are some people who don't have a much of an awareness about the brief span of what is their life. It is pretty short. I mean, we have a short time here yeah. on Earth. So for people like that, I think it's easy – it's easy to go by through life and not go after your dreams and be too scared of failure and then wind up older and being like, I have these regrets. But then yeah. on the other side, you can be someone that has, like me, a very, very, very heightened understanding or very heightened awareness of death. And then it might go too far. So I think about death every single day and I also don't want that. This is kind of morbid, but whenever I say bye to my family members, I I have this thought in my back of my head where I'm just like, when is the last time I ever see them? Oh my gosh, so much pain and grief that would follow that. And it's like really weird that I do this, but it's, I love and I love so deeply and I am an empath. And with the world we live in today, I I feel like I I just have so many emotions and I, I love the people in my life so much that every time 
I say bye to them. They hop in their car. I have these flashes in my head. It's never really about me. It's more about the people that I love. And yeah. I don't well, I, I don't know if you have much experience with this or have much to say about it, but assuming you have the middle way where you understand how brief life is, but you also don't let it control your thoughts, how have you been able to find this place in mm. the middle? Yeah. It's fascinating. I, it's so beautiful you're bringing this up because if what, what I've noticed is that people that really are living purposefully, they tend to have had an experience where they had to face their death. And not necessarily their physical death, but sometimes death to their personality, kind of like how I had to face it. I had to face the death to my personality. Some people face it physically and then they change. But that is, I think, the subtlety that that will get somebody starting the quest. So I look at quest as this is my experience. This is my belief on the purpose of life <clears throat> for most people. We come in here, we incarnate into a life experience. We, we have an idea on what life experience we're, we're going to get into. However, usually the beginning of our life is full of restriction. So because we're not consciously programming ourselves. So we have these parents the tribe around us, all this kind of the energy pattern of the place we're living in, all of that is influencing our subconscious mind, our personality, the ego starts to develop itself. Now the ego is this, the ego is the destructive part of the subconscious mind. So it's it's the subconscious mind is the whole, the machine. So it starts to develop itself and it takes on these restrictions. And now usually in some people's lives, not all people, but some people, um, Now, some people, at some point in their life, something happens. Their feelings change. And whether that be they almost were faced with physical death, somebody somebody was dying where they were faced with the reality that life is temporary, and or um, something happened where they finally became aware that their past isn't who they are. Like it happened to me, and I imagine um, what you're saying at some point, it might have happened to you. Everybody's mm-hmm. in a different place. Some people start earlier. Everyone has a different, a different type of quest. And then the quest really is a conscious development of oneself. And the first and foremost, the first development is overcoming the restrictions of our past, overcoming the, the, the projections of our parents, overcoming um, sort of all the things that that may have not been for our highest good. So the the transcending or the going beyond these these past kind of energy patterns, um, therefore th- we we create freedom and we get the message. We we evolve as a spirit, and then I feel like some people reach such a crescendo of energy where they process the past and then they start to create. But some people create in the process of the whole thing as well. Um, I hope this makes sense, and I'm not just talking in circles here. But I think circles is better than talking in squares, so I think we're good. Okay, and so, okay, so that's this a little explanation of what I think we're here to do. We're here to evolve, and we're here to create. And everybody's on a different, different, um, uh, in a different position in, in that context. And um, now, death is interesting. Now, I felt the same way you felt at one point. So before I started traveling the world, I felt incredibly guilty. That if my mom would have died, then I wouldn't. She wouldn't have known how much I loved her, or um, or if I was I was leaving relationships and I felt I felt guilty, you know, and because I love them, I and I still care for them, and um, but the inkling inside of me was like, 
the truth will come out in the end. You have to let them be. Sometimes love, the deepest level of love, is expressed by letting people go or letting things go or letting them be as they are. Because there was a time for me where I wanted to like positively influence my family. And, and the more I tried to do that, the more I pushed them away. And then that's when I learned a, a certain level of compassion of like, hey, I, I, I want to love them as they are. And whatever opinion that I have about the way they're living their life, I don't care. I'm not attached to it. I want to love them as they are. And therefore, a huge breakthrough. Huge breakthrough because I realized that I don't necessarily need to be involved uh, with their destiny of their life um, and I can still love them. You know, I, I'm not involved with however their life unfolds, but I'm here to be, I'm here, to be here. And it, if there's a time where I need to support them, then I'll be there. So what I'm basically saying is that it is important to face your death. Okay, there has to come a time if you want to start the, the spiritual quest or the development quest, you ha we have to look at ourselves and reflect and saying, hey, this past is not who I am. Or we have to have that moment where our feelings change. It has to happen. And then when you feel that inkling, it is incredibly important to act upon that inkling. Now, to live in life in the context of death is great as well. But then there's a subtlety of living life in the context of death and being afraid and like kind of like going out and trying to do everything to get in, which is to get in the life experience before we die, which is not bad, but it, it might create a, like a residue of fear. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's what I was it thinking. Might, it's motivated out of fear and that's going to manifest more fear in other areas of your life. I think. Ex exactly. And fear is such um, a term that describes a phenomena of complex, complex energies. Okay, that sounds really strange, but it's fear does not describe what it actually means. The word itself does not describe it. It is deeper. It is energetic. It is psychologically. It is psychically. It is everything. It's happening, and it happens in little clever ways, this type of this fear, okay? It's like the negative part of, of, the, um, of the atom. It's, 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 it kind of seeps in and, and tries to pull us to a neg negative lifestyle. Uh, that's my that's my view on it at this point in my life. Um, but what I believe has given me much peace is that I'm eternal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm eternal. And so is my mom and my family. And so are you. And so is everybody else. I truly believe that that um, that our spirits are eternal and that we there's no accomplishing, if you will. However, I do have an idea that my, my creativity here is, is very purposeful. It will unfold as it unfolds. And, and then and that it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm carrying it out and it is what it is. But I cannot attach to anything. And at one point in Kauai, I almost drowned. And I, it shocked me because I was stuck in a riptide in the middle of this crazy ocean, meaning it was chaotic. And no one saw me. And I was swimming and fighting and losing my breath and my lungs were caving in. And I remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, this could be my last moment. It took me complete by surprise. And and then I was like, well, God be with me. So be it in a way. I kind of accepted it. And I was like, OK, if this is it, this is it. And as soon as I sort of accepted it, my toe grazed the bottom of the ocean and I got my footing 
and and then I got pushed forward, and then I finally got both feet, and I crawled, I pulled myself out, and collapsed on the beach. But it was interesting because as soon as I accepted my death, I started to live. I, I was saved. You see? Whoa! You see that message? I kind of came full circle right now in this conversation because I didn't see it like that. But as soon as I accepted my death, <laughs> then I was saved, and I started to live. Wow! And so and so we mustn't live in fear. Ever, we mustn't live in fear. We must know that the infinite, the the God force, or the eternal spirit, is with us all. No matter if we would judge anyone's behavior to be negative, or whether someone's dying, who are we to say that that's not the revolutionary experience? We think it's negative in human terms, but in in the grand scheme of everything, I don't think I don't think. In, I don't think in the spirit world it's the same as we see in the human world. Uh, so what I'm saying is that just because someone dies at 14 years old, maybe humans are like, oh my God, this was so young, they didn't get to live. But what if that, that, that spirit came in and, and was like, wait a second, that's all they needed to live. You know, they, they lived the revolution in 14 years. That's what they came here, they lived out their purpose, and they were gone. They're back home, you know, they're back where they were supposed to be. So, I don't know. I like to think in, in terms like that, and it gives me much peace. That gives me a lot of peace, too. Like, just hearing you say that and imagining you in that moment and surrendering to your death gives me goosebumps because that's just so profound. Like, being able to just accept that in that moment and say, this is it. Like, this is my time. And then being free and, like, the the gratitude, I'm sure, that came rushing in with that. So, if I had yeah. to ask you had to ask you if i chose to ask you uh what your biggest fear is for better or for worse maybe it's a healthy fear or maybe it's a fear that's still like a a haunting fear what would you say to that biggest fear Mm. <laughs> I have to think about this real quick, but it's something kind of something kind of came up. Something kind of came up. Now I'm not attached to this, but it, this is coming up. Um, maybe the moments that I actually believe that 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 I am what I have, or I am this identity. Like if like the moments that I actually get lost in that is is scary to me. Hmm. So, like, you you are what you have, like, what you have in your life currently? Yeah, like, getting ta- attached to to anything. Hmm. It's getting, getting attached to, like, fi- like, my financial status or getting attached to a relationship or getting attached to, to um, believing that, like, um, um, believing that I'm successful or something. I know this seems weird, but this is kind of... This is what's coming up for me right now, like just actually thinking that that um um this is what I am and all I am. Like I don't know if that ever if that's gonna happen. I imagine there might be moments in my life where I I I might feel that way, and that's scary to me because because mm. that's not in my deepest core. That's not all there is, and all that's not the whole truth. And I can I can definitely understand that and relate to that. I want to add a perspective that. That is a possibility, and I think that's a possibility to some extent because 
we are not indecisive creatures and we're not indifferent creatures. We have opinions and we have things we care about. So if we were indifferent, uh-huh. if we were indifferent about anything, no, you wouldn't get attached to things. You wouldn't care or, or believe that you like this relationship is as important as it is, but you're not indifferent. Like you, yeah. you have the emotions. And I think since you're able to feel that way, you can feel the highest joy and you, you, you can develop attachments to things, but that's only because you've allowed yourself to become vulnerable. And I, mm. I, I think that's a much better trade off than to, to, to never get, uh, like to never confuse like what you have with who you are, because then you may stop caring about what it is you really want to care about in that moment. Does mm. that make sense? It does make sense, and it was beautiful what you said. What I heard, what I heard you say is that, um, is that it's 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 healthier. Like we're realizing we are human, and we're going to have opinions and emotions and experiences. And um, rather than being indifferent, feeling that and having that and processing through that, I think is the highest route. Is that is that what I heard you say? Yeah, that is because like if you weren't to fully be vulnerable and open and allow yourself to be subject to becoming what it is that you have, like really becoming attached to something or someone, then you have to be unattached to something and someone. And I almost think Mm. that's unhealthy because you don't get, you don't get to experience that joy Mm. you could have with that partner because you're unattached, you know? Yeah. I guess what's scary then is being too attached and then being too unattached. That middle, (laughs) that middle way, that middle way. Yeah, I want to experience being human too. Like I remember thinking the other day, like I want to feel life. Like I want to feel the emotions. I want to feel um, the air. Like the other day, I was walking in the cold, and usually I hate the cold. But I was like, let me feel the cold. Let me have a relationship with this cold weather right now. Let me feel it. And my fingers were getting numb, and I was just feeling so cold. And I just, I was just, and for the first time, like embracing it. Like, yes, this is what cold feels like mm-hmm. rather than like hiding and putting a jacket on and getting all warm and like going in the house and like, oh, let me get the rewards or the, the fruit of this cold weather right now. So I, cool. <laughs> cool. I cool love moments like that. I had some of those this weekend. I went to Portland for the first time, just a little, a little solo trip. I just wanted to get out there, see it, have some time to myself. And it rained a lot and I walked everywhere I went and I really didn't have appropriate clothing. And I came out of one like yoga class that was a mile away from where I was staying and it was pouring rain. I hadn't eaten and I just walked in the rain to go venture around to find some food. And then I ate ate in this little like taco diner and people watched and then I walked home in the rain for a mile and it was like, one of the best experiences and in, in I, I loved it. I love moments like that where I feel so alive and it's, it always, it typically happens when I am with myself. I, mm. I find so much joy with being by myself, especially traveling by myself and yeah, me having too. moments like that of just the unknown and discomfort and finding so mm. much comfort in that discomfort. <laughs> mm. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I'm c- comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Called fun comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, man, we're like 
I know I wanted to make this a 45 minute interview, but there's still so much more that I wanted to talk with you about. Maybe we can have, I can have you, we, I can have you on and we can talk about, uh, the masculine and feminine next time. Cause I want to yeah, get to that. You. Okay. But I want to respect your time cause I know you're a busy man. So before we go, can I do a quick fire round with you? Let's do it. All right. Number one, what are three words to describe you? Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go from the top of my head. I was thinking too long. Say it again. Go one more time. What are th- three words to describe you? Okay. Um, <laughs> humble. Mm-hmm. But it, I feel weird saying that because <laughs> it, am I really humble saying that I'm humble? I think you, know? you can be. I believe you can be. Okay, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. Yeah, own it. I feel like I'm humble. I feel like I'm genuine. I'm genuine, mm-hmm. gen- genuinely humble. Um, playful mm. and mysterious. Mm. Those are good ones. I like those. Ooh, if you could live anywhere in the world and let's say you're staying put for a while, like you're living in this place. Maui, right? Hawaii. Oh, that was fast. Yeah, yeah. Maui over Kauai. Mm-hmm. I act, I don't know if I've been there. I've been to Kauai and I loved it, but I don't know if I've been there. Mm. Love um, both. What did you have for breakfast? I had um, a cacao and kale smoothie and a green tea and some water. Mm. Solid. And I've been doing, yeah, feeling so good. And that's all I have all day until like at night. What? I'm drinking a lot of water. Yeah. I'm telling, I'm thriving with energy. Eating less, feeling more. That's where I'm at. Interesting. Well, I uh, I did that yesterday and I didn't I didn't like it. <laughs> I had breakfast and then I like for travel because I was coming back to, to Denver and I didn't eat again until today. So like 25 hours later and I'm not for me, but that's well, cool. You know, but get, but you know, again, it's going to the fundamental message. Be like water, right? Sometimes right. like this is not going to work for me all the time, but right now it's feeling good. But maybe another day it's going to change. Like, same with my morning. Everything's going to – it's in a constant state of transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's also – I will add, to be a traveler, you have to be okay with that. Like, mm, yeah, to be a learn, traveler, yeah. you have to be okay with, like, eating at odd hours and then not eating sometimes because you don't have access mm-hmm. to food and, like – and and it's a really nice place for me to be personally because I used to not be able to do that. You know, I was I, – I don't know, Frank J, if you know this about me, but I used to be like a fitness competitor in my most disordered days. But I would eat every three hours on the dot. If I didn't yeah, eat on I the dot, I would have like – I would have like an identity crisis. No it's joke. a slave. It's like slavery. Yes. It's a slave to the gym. I used to be a bodybuilder as well at one point. That's – interesting i didn't know that yeah well like kind of i was just i was intense in the gym and i used to do the whole two hours on the dot and yeah i was a slave to the gym so freeing whenever you don't have to do that so like me being Uh. able to travel and have two meals a day it's like oh this is nice i love i love the water you see i think what we're doing here is moving out of the systematic mind and moving into the heart intelligence and moving into the spirit of saying hey I don't want to live in a box. I want to. I want to be in a circle, and then sometimes I want to be a squiggly line, and sometimes yeah. I want to be a triangle. You know, I want to be. I want to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do. I want to be free. Like if I'm going to take on this two-hour meal every, then I'll take that on. But then, 
to be free is knowing that I can drop everything and change it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also to be free is that I can take it on and actually discipline myself to do it. So I I like the, I like that middle round. I like to be free. Mm -hmm. Labelless, intuitive, (sighs) emotional beings. Beautiful. Mm. What's the most exciting thing happening in your life right now? Hmm. I think uh, right in this moment, you and I are having an awesome conversation that feels really good. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Um, living in the moment. What is your biggest quality turn on in a partner? Mm, I like this one. I I like sensuality. So like I like touch and softness. And like um yeah, and like and like real like like almost like a meditative connection between my partner and I where like there can be no words and 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 really reach a level of of uh of deep uh connection by touching or looking at one another or being next to one another yeah and that that kind of softness and that sacredness that's what I like mhm and i think that goes along well with everything else we've been talking about just like that intuitive Flow and not systematic. It's just like softness and touch. If mm. you had a perfect dinner party, who are three people you'd invite? <laughs> perfect dinner party. I would invite Daniel Eisenman. I know that name. Uh, I don't think I know who that is, though. He's my he's my business partner on oh. International Tribe Design. He's Might awesome. He, he has uh, such a unique mind. I would Daniel Eisenman, Timothy Eisenman. And J.P. Sears, those three. <laughs> oh, nice. I had J.P. Yeah. on my show the other day. If you haven't checked oh, it out, cool. you might like Cool. That. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, and it's so cool because that dinner party might happen like in two weeks because we're all going to International Tribe Design. Oh, that's so cool. That, see, that's the best kind of dinner party, one that's actually possible. <laughs> I, I, I had someone on the other day that was like, my best friend, my mom, and my grandma or something like that. And I was like... Okay, so basically you have this dinner party like five times a year, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what would you eat? What would be the, the what would be the the course the the three course meal that you would have at this dinner party? Three course meal. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely like an abundant salad with multiple colors and like crisp organic greens and like a real fresh dressing, like a fresh kind of like thick avocado based dressing, something like that. Then I would like, um, yeah, something hearty as well. Maybe, hmm, yeah. I mean, I'm open for the second, the second course. Something, <laughs> some, something hearty. Sometimes I eat really simple. I eat really simple. I, um, yeah, maybe <laughs> sweet potato fries. <laughs> A salmon burger, maybe. That sounds pretty good. And then at the end, some Strauss ice cream. Ooh. Strauss. Yeah. Strauss. Yum. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> if love tasted like a flavor, what would it be? Any flavor ever? Strawberry. What the heck? Everyone says strawberry. I love it's, this. It's a psychological thing. I'm telling it's a it, it it's um typical. That people feel strawberry. Maybe strawberries are an aphrodisiac. Oh. 
Maybe. Because I've gotten – I think you're the first one that said just strawberries. Last time I think it was like strawberries and cream. I've had strawberries – Strawberry chocolate. ice cream, and I've had strawberry uh, with chocolate. Mm. Yeah, it's, I could see that. I could see. It's uh, definitely a beautiful combination. I'd probably be like bananas and peanut butter. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing ever. I feel like love would nice. taste like that. Um, mm. Okay, what is a must-read book that everyone needs to get? The well, I'm looking at one right now. I mean, I've read a combination of great books. Must read book. Ooh, this one, and it's a little booklet, so anybody could read it. It's like 30 pages, and it's it's small, and I love it. And it's by one of one of my greatest teachers, and um, it's called "Life Was Never Meant to Be a Struggle" by Stuart Wilde. I've never heard of that. That's brilliant. Perfect. We'll have that on the show notes. And then the last question for you. If you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to play you? (laughs) I cast it. Oh, like, what do you mean? Like anybody or like a famous actor? Uh, Let's make them famous so that people can be like, oh, yeah, I can see that. If it's like your best friend, then people will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Any actor. Any actor. Or actress. I mean... <laughs> but Would that make sense if it was an actress? Um, have you ever seen... Uh, what's her name? Kate... Whatever play Bob Dylan. It was amazing. No, I've never seen Kate Whatever play Bob Dylan before. <laughs> that was interesting. I didn't know someone had last name Whatever. That's pretty cool. I think it's I wonder, called... I think, I think that's French. Is that French? Whatever? Oh, it's called I'm Not There. And... It's it's the woman who plays it's the woman who plays Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. Mm. You all know, right. hold on. All right. Oh, Kate Blanchett. Right. That's who it is. Oh, okay. okay, I've never seen it. Kate Blanchett plays Bob Dylan, and it's amazing. You should YouTube it and just watch a clip of it. So, <laughs> what yeah. else should I do? What else should I do? Um, think of someone that would that you'd cast if you had to okay. cast someone on the spot. Okay. There's something like someone that came to my mind first was Leonardo DiCaprio. That's good. I wouldn't argue yeah. against that. And I think in a way I'll kinda look like y'all could be alike. Mm, he maybe. might need some more f- facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? You got facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I and guess curly hair, maybe? Yeah, my hair's a little curly. Yeah, he might need to get a little bit of a perm or something. We can make that happen. We'll <laughs> okay. make that happen. Well, Bring Chase, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. This has been one of my favorite conversations out of all 135 episodes. So thank you. Wow. Big time. Wow. Thanks so much. That's a beautiful uh, compliment. Thank you, Maddie. It was a lot of fun, and I really wish that uh, your listeners get value from this conversation. Oh, I know they will. So everyone, head on over to the show notes for this. Again, this is episode 135. And you can get all the cool links, all the links to the work that Frank J is doing in the world. And while you're there, if you haven't downloaded your free quiz, How to Powerfully Live Your One Life, you can get that five-part course 
at MaddieMoon.com. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please let me know your thoughts. And you can comment on the show notes of this episode. Leave a review in iTunes. And I'll see you guys soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.